the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer is trending. And not for a good reason, at least not for him. If you were, if you were listening here last week, you heard Lohmeyer talking about his book. It's called Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. And he's been doing what authors do, going around the country promoting his book. And in his book, he points out that political correctness, wokeness, whatever you want to call it, uh, has not only seeped into the military, but it's on its way to being entrenched. And for having the nerve to point that out, Lohmeyer has been removed from his Space Force command. But he's not backing away from anything he said. He was on Sean Hannity's show last night, didn't back down a bit. Of course, the media are portraying this as Lohmeyer being against diversity, which is exactly what Marxists would be hoping uh, hoping for. But, but one thing the Space Force has accomplished by relieving him of his command is, uh, well, they've, they've made sure that everything he wrote about in his book is splashed all over television and social media. So people are talking about it. As I said, he's trending. Uh, on Twitter and everywhere, he's he's uh, he's a big story right now. Uh, so that's a good thing. He explained himself well when he was on the show here last week. I think it was Friday. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of Marxism, are uh, <laughs> are you ready for a little Marxism in the in Little League baseball? Yep, Little League baseball coaches in Alexandria, Virginia, are now required to take a diversity, equity, and inclusion course. Of course, Virginia schools have already mandated anti-racist training for their teachers. Uh, this thing with the baseball is called the uh, the Positive Coaching Alliance. And according to an email that was sent out about it, Positive Coaching Alliance is dedicated to making each person feel, quote, a part of the we, unquote. Uh, and it's just one more thing that makes it impossible for me to put into words how glad I am to have grown up when I did. I don't know about you, but... When we showed up for a Little League game, we just, you know, showed up to play baseball, okay? This is also an example of how adults continue to ruin sports for kids. The more organized it gets, the worse it gets. And this is just a, a, another example, and it's going to get worse. The Guide for Coaches says, quote, Gender transcends biology and is very complex since people can identify in diverse ways. So, of course, the kids are going to be told, Oh, by the way, it also points out that uh, Facebook has more than 70 gender options. So, of course, the kids are going to be confused with that idiotic drivel uh, about how many genders there are. Um, also, lots of white privilege stuff in there, of course, enough to make any kid wish he had never picked up a glove or a bat. That's what I would feel like, I think, if I was playing 10 or 11 years old and I show up for a Little League game. Just leave me alone. Let me play baseball. But anyway, that's, uh, that's where we are in America right now. You can't let kids just play baseball without torturing them about their whiteness. That's where we are. This is what you get when Democrats are in power, by the way. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to someone who was at the Capitol building back on January the 6th, and he was called a conspiracy theorist for his eyewitness account of what happened there. He was on our show uh, at the time. But a lot of those conspiratorial theories... Don't look so conspiratorial right now. Stick around. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? 
the marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial-strength Genesis 950 mix up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, there are people in Washington who, uh, with a straight face, by the way, uh, are comparing what happened on January 6th at the Capitol building uh, to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. Uh, most of them are Democrats or the media. I know, same thing. Uh, there are still lots of so-called insurrectionists in prison. And just yesterday, a video was released that showed the Capitol Police 
allowing protesters to come in and just reminding them to be peaceful. Uh, and so what's going on? Well, J. Michael Waller is senior analyst for strategy at the Center for Security Policy. He was there that day and joins us now. Thanks for being here, uh, Mike. Hey, it's good to be with you, John. So uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin cited the account you gave of what you saw that day. Here's a sample of what the media said, okay? Uh, Johnson exhibited his out-there mindset again Tuesday. This was back in January. Uh, Again Tuesday during a Senate hearing on the Capitol riots, reading as New York's Nita Prater reports from a single eyewitness account published by the Federalist that claims, quote, the mood among the demonstrators on January 6th was largely positive, but there were agent provocateurs and fake Trump protesters in the crowd. What's changed since then, Mike? What's changed is that the, the abuse that we took for, for commenting on this, for, dis, for disputing the narrative, um, the things that, that we observed are being proven true by none other than the FBI and the Capitol Police themselves. How are they doing that? I mean, what, what are, the, what are well, some of well, the examples of what you said and what they're now happen to be agreeing with? Well, in a separate hearing, Senator Johnson uh, uh, read from my eyewitness account to the uh, assistant director of the FBI for counterterrorism, who's playing a big role in the investigations. And she agreed with him and with the words that I had written that a lot, if not most of the people, even in the Capitol, were simply people who got caught up in, in everything and went into the building not intending to commit any crime or any act of violence at all, and that there were indeed organized agents, provocateurs who had planned this well in advance, meaning President Trump did not incite that riot, right? Because that was part of the whole narrative that he incited this mob of crazies to invade the Capitol building. Uh, The FBI assistant director, Jill Stanborn, said at that hearing that these were, there were organized groups that did this plan that were planned well in advance, but that a lot of these people coming in are not terrorists at all. They're just ordinary American citizens who got caught up in it. And the worst thing they did was trespass. Yeah. And uh, so let, let's let's uh, review what you described in your piece in the Federalist back in January. Can you I mean, it was a long piece and we talked about it here on the radio uh, when you wrote it. Um, and um so there's a lot of stuff in there. So they can, can you give us kind of the Cliff Notes version of the the main points of what you were trying to get across? Sure. Now, now I live on Capitol Hill, first of all. So, it, so it's something that, you know, I see protests all the time, and I have for many years. And I wrote that uh, not to be published. I just wrote it as my own observations of what I saw at the time. So it would be a snapshot in my mind of what I actually saw and perceived so it wouldn't be influenced by subsequent events and information and discussions and so forth. So I never intended for it to be published. And I thought, Oh, I'll just throw it up on the website. And then the Federalists took it and then it became a big story. But the, the essentially I said that the, the huge crowd, tens, hundreds of thousands of people were average Americans who were upset about the election results, but they were not angry. They were not, they were more excited because they just heard their president give a speech. They were not intent on destroying anything or harming anybody, but there were organized cadres and agents provocateurs who had planned in advance to cause a riot and to use these large numbers of people as cover. And these include people who were dressed like Trump and MAGA people. They were people who were dressed in paramilitary gear. And there were people who, to me, looked like leftists and who I suspected might be Antifa, but I wrote that I wasn't sure who they were. And further, I didn't see those guys do anything wrong. Well, the media just latched onto that, and Senator, Senator Schumer went nuts when, when, when Senator Johnson read this into the record, calling it mindless garbage. But really, what did I say? I said, I saw left-wingers there, didn't know who they were, didn't see them do anything wrong. But CNN and the Washington Post and these others immediately said, this is a big conspiracy theory that Ron Johnson is pushing uh, through the Federalists, and, and it's, it's all to, to uh, make an excuse for white supremacists. And I, you know, nothing of the sort. Uh, the only journalist who bothered to call me for the story was from the Daily Mail, 
And when I called him back to tell him he got the story wrong, we talked for an hour and he wrote it. He wrote a good story after that. So, I mean, there was no fairness in journalism here. It was all to push this narrative of, quote, tens of thousands of armed extremists, insurrectionists trying to stage a coup to overthrow Congress. So uh, you and I went on about our lives uh, after January 6th, but there are people uh, still being held in prison for what they did there. What are the charges, and how long are they going to be in prison? Well, here's the thing. I mean, first of all, I I have no sympathy for uh, anyone who went to the Capitol that day for the purpose of of desecrating the Capitol and attacking our, our constitutional institutions. And I had even tweeted at the time, these people ought to be, you know, put strapped into old Sparky. I didn't know who they were, but I thought this is not the way any civilized American does this, you know, while we still have our freedoms, right? So, so I, however, for those who are still in, in jail, they're being held without charges and it's, they've been there since January. That's not American. If you can't press charges against somebody, you have to let them go. Or you have to do something like they even did with Al Capone, you know, find it, get him on tax evasion. They're not finding any charges to press against these key guys, including the the uh, the Buffalo man or whatever you want to call him, the guy with the painted yeah. face who with the with, uh, with the horns. I mean, they can't even charge him with a crime. Yet he he was right there in the in the U.S. Senate where, you know, the public's not allowed on the floor of the U.S. Senate. So if they can't charge him with crimes, it means Congress never wrote laws making this activity a crime in the first place. So if they can't be busted, they have to be set free. That's, that's what America's all about. You just can't hold people in solitary even or in the general population where they're subject to terrible abuse and not, hold, not charge them with something. So this means the Justice Department has no case against a lot of people. So where are the Republicans demanding that they get out? I don't hear a lot about these uh, poor people who are in prison and, and actually been in jail. Are the Republicans doing enough to get them out or to make it make it clear how many people are in there and why they're in there and that there is no case? Not really. I mean, it, it, Senator Johnson, uh, is, is he, even he's not seeking to get people released he's he's a legislator his constitutional role is to legislate not to be a law enforcement officer however he he can and is raising questions about why is all of this happening and and even you you know there are fourteen thousand hours of video that the capitol police have that they're keeping secret there's there's no real reason unless it's classified to keep it secret Yet we also know from this that almost nobody on the U.S. Capitol Police Force has a security clearance in the first place. So they would not have any classified video, right? So they're just keeping this from the public to see. Because if you look at what the, the videos that have emerged, you're finding as they emerged early on, in fact, the day of, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the event on January 6th, that a lot of police officers were inviting people into the Capitol. We're taking down barriers to yeah, allow people video, in. Yeah. And people who were reticent to go in saying, gee, I don't know if I should. And they said, yeah, come on in, come on in. Well, gee, you know, if a police officer says it's okay, then it's probably not against the law. <laughs> now, so, one of the other things that, that I noted in the observations on January 6th were the, the lack of leadership, the lack of command and control, the lack of uh, operational planning, the lack of discipline of the Capitol Police officers themselves. And I like these guys. I'm their neighbor. I live right near their barracks on Capitol Hill. I, I'm, I'm friendly to them. I see them nearly every day. So I'm not bashing them. I am bashing their leadership. And, of course, their leadership answers to who? It doesn't answer to the president. It answers to the Speaker of the House and the majority leader of the Senate and to a four-person panel that the bipartisan House and Senate leadership appoint to run the Capitol Police. So the, so the buck stops with Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. But those guys aren't taking any, any responsibility for any of this. And we're learning now that there has never been an oversight hearing in our lifetimes of the conduct of the Capitol Police and its strategy to secure the Capitol. This whole thing could have been avoided on the part of a severely understaffed and not very well uh, led Capitol Police Force had they simply shut the doors to the Capitol building. 
These doors are yeah, well, four-inch thick bronze doors and steel doors and hardwood doors. Just close them, and people won't get in. They'll, they'll bust in through a few windows, but then you can concentrate your forces on those windows. So there's yeah, really they're, a, a terrible amount of blame for, for Congress not doing its job to secure its own facilities, and that's its constitutional duty to all of us. And the, the, you say that um, they, they, they could have just been more prepared. Um, and if, it's funny to me that if this, were, if this was actually a, um, the kind of conspiracy that some people are claiming that it was, that it was you know, so well planned by these insurrectionist uh, MAGA people, um, then if, if it was so well planned, then how did, it's, how did the FBI miss it? I mean, in other words, if this is such a big deal, normally they'd catch something like that, wouldn't they? Before it happened and be ready for yeah, it? Yes. Yeah, and here's the thing. It was planned and it was quiet and it was discreet, but it was not all by secret encrypted means. A lot of the planning took place openly on Facebook. And this is what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer want now, and some Republicans. They want to have this 9-11 commission type thing that will then put together a report only on the, ca- on the, on the January 6th incident, nothing else, not about the other political violence that's wrecking our country, but just on that incident so that they can create broad surveillance powers against American citizens. And this is not just against violent terrorists. This is against people who don't agree with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. And you can see by their arguments, they're branding every conservative and every supporter of the president as crazies who should really be surveilled and repressed. Mm-hmm. And, and the this media is what they have up their sleeve for all of us. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of Republicans are helping them, too. Now, to his credit, the House major- Minority Leader, McCarthy, who, you know, you never know where he's going to go on a certain day, but he's been pretty yeah. solid up until so far, uh, saying that, yeah, let's have, let's investigate all of this, which is proper, but let's do it in the context of all the organized violence that's sweeping the country so that we can understand what? it, we can develop a bipartisan strategy, we can make the public aware, and we can stop it. We're talking to uh, J. Michael Waller. He's senior analyst for strategy at the Center for Security Policy. Um, so what has the FBI said, Mike, and how much do they agree with your theory or theories? Well, we only know what they say in public. Uh, we do, And what, what the assistant director for counterterrorism, Jill Sanborn, told the Senate, we've got some really good people in the FBI who really know what they're doing, and they're doing a good job. But when you hear FBI Director Chris Ray get up there, he talks like a pre-programmed partisan hack. He doesn't talk like the nation's top law enforcement officer. And that's a real problem. Luckily, certain people under him, and unfortunately not all of them, certain people under him are good guys, and there's a lot of great special agents out there who are trying to do the right thing and who are doing the right thing. But there there are others who just want to collect scalps. They don't care whose scalp they collect. They just want to collect scalps. And there are other ones who are just politically motivated to do, you know, whatever woke thing is, is, is the trend. So, so the FBI itself is a divided institution. However, to hear the, 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 the assistant director for counterterrorism say that what people like me observed on January 6th is what the FBI has been finding out on its own, that's a big deal. And one of the interesting things of, of the FBI's discoveries, you can see this when you read the, the Justice Department indictments of certain of the people who are being charged, and it's public information from the, from the Biden Justice Department. They're using as evidence, and they're introducing it in the indictments of people saying that they saw Antifa and other left-wingers also among those rioters. This is Mike, really important. I- Hey, Mike, I have like 20 seconds left, and I should have given you more time for this. I really am up against a hard break. Who shot Ashley Babbitt? Are we ever going to find out? Yeah, that's a curious thing. When somebody kills a U.S. citizen uh, right in the U.S. Congress and we still don't know who done it, that's a problem. And and we can ever find out? I think we will someday, but I think it it, it speaks to a larger problem of, of secrecy around something that 
that that that people should know about. There is no accountability here in a lot of this. And the fact that there was no accountability in the Capitol Police for a long time because the congressional leadership gave up its role uh, shows that there's still a problem and people are more interested in covering up than finding all the real answers. Michael Waller, Senior Analyst for Strategy at the Center for Security Policy. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hope to have you on again. Good to talk to you, John. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says President Biden expressed support for a ceasefire in a call to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The president's objective is clear, which is that he wants to see an end to the violence on the ground, an end to the suffering of the Israeli and the Palestinian people. As I've noted in the past, our focus and our strategy here is to work through quiet, intensive diplomacy. More than 220 people have been killed in the conflict now in its second week. Airstrikes and rocket attacks between Israel and the Palestinians do continue. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy says he will oppose a proposal to form an independent bipartisan commission to investigate that deadly January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. His rejection of the measure almost certainly erodes GOP support ahead of a vote. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 143 points. The Nasdaq is down 21 points. This is SRN News. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dennis Prager believes we're living in scary times. Two and a half million U.S. college students face vaccine mandate forcing people for whom the virus is close to zero danger to take a vaccine. This is a truly scary thing, and it raises my contempt level for universities to a new high. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The answer, is it possible to truly love your enemy? Discover the truth behind the Israeli-Palestinian conflict as never before in the award-winning film Hope in the Holy Land. An enlightening, politically nuanced, and morally sensitive look at both sides with real stories from Jews, Muslims, and Christians who've lived through the years of war in search of peace. Don't miss Hope in the Holy Land. Available now at SalemNow.com. Watch this film and pass it on. Go to SalemNow.com today. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
Still seeing plenty of volume out there. Now let's start with a look at the Parkway East. Outbound looks pretty tied up from Oakland up to Edgewood Swissvale. Inbound, also busy 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West stacking up inbound Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Close to a 10-minute delay there. Some volume delays on 28 on the outbound side, Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight, mainly clear skies, low 53. Tomorrow, sunshine will mix with a few clouds. We'll see a high of 81. Rather cloudy skies tomorrow night with a low of 59. Very warm Thursday as temperatures do rise on Thursday. Look before you lock. Make sure you don't leave your child unattended in your vehicle. Expect some sunshine Thursday with a high of 85. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Have you noticed that the Democrats really like to spend money? Not their own money, of course. Uh, For example, uh, Kamala Harris and her husband, uh, I just saw today, um, made $1.6 million last year, which is a pretty good living. They donated 1.6% of what they made to charity. Uh, Kamala and the big guy would love to spend your money to pay back other people's college loans, for example. That's not all. The uh, $1.9 trillion coronavirus rescue package passed last week. Americans for Prosperity is going on a campaign to keep the Democrats out of your pockets. Michael Lambert is the uh, federal policy director at Americans for, for Prosperity. He joins us now. Michael, thanks for being here. Hey, John. Glad to be here. So what's your campaign going to look like? So Americans for Prosperity is really glad to launch this new campaign, uh, although we wish it didn't have to be a reality. But we're calling it Stop the Spending Spree because that's exactly what this infrastructure bill is. Uh, What's being proposed by the Biden White House is the largest spending program in American history, full stop. And that that proposal is being financed, would be financed by some of the largest tax increases also in American history. Um, All of this is being sold to the American public under the auspices of, quote unquote, infrastructure. Um, But unfortunately, the vast majority of this proposal has nothing to do with actual physical roads and bridges and things that are actual infrastructure. Um, It's a huge waste. It's a huge boondoggle. And we've launched a 100-city campaign multimedia event to bring this message to the American people and remind them to let their legislators know to reject this completely wasteful uh, proposal. Uh, You say it's 100 cities? Yeah, we've got cities uh, events planned across the country. And like I said, we invite people to join us. They can find out more information near them at StopTheSpendingSpree.com. And uh, come on out and join us and, and, and find a way to fight against this Washington overspending and Washington encroachment. Are you coming to Pennsylvania? Oh, yeah. Like I said, we're, we're everywhere. So we've got um, a few cities in every state. Um, and you'll just have to go to the website and see specifically. I think you can plug in your zip code, or you should be able to find a list there, uh, cities that are near near you. And I'm sure we're, we're in the neighborhood to a lot of your listeners. And um, you have rallies planned. Any chance Donald Trump could show up at one of those? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure he would be a welcome addition uh, if uh, he's, uh, you know, wanting to support uh, our ideas on infrastructure. But, you know, we welcome uh, anybody to uh, to help us out in the fight against the kinds of proposals that we're that we're seeing coming out of Washington. That includes former presidents. That includes, you know, regular folk like you and me. Everyone's invited. Yep. And what? Uh, how much anger do you detect out there among the uh, among the people? The grassroots type stuff. Is there is um, is there enough anger out there, or does it? The, the people have to see it in their paychecks before they really get upset. See their see their taxes go up. I think it's a little bit of both. I can certainly speak to our activists. You know, the the, the folks that work with our group and groups like us are just completely beside themselves uh, at the size and scope of this huge, quote-unquote, infrastructure bill. And they would be otherwise, but particularly in an economy that's still trying to get back on its feet and that would otherwise take off were it not for the fact that they're being proposed literally trillions of dollars in new taxes about to be placed on American families, American households, and American businesses. Um, so, yeah, I think if, if you're not already angered by it, you soon will be um, once you start seeing the effects of a lot of these nefarious tax policies. 
specifically, you're looking at things like the corporate income tax rate that they're planning to just completely implode, by which I mean raise. Um, and, you know, they, they say that nobody under $400,000 is going to see a tax increase. You know, that might technically be true, but that fails to acknowledge the fact that corporations don't really pay taxes in that sense. What they do is they pass along those costs to people like you and me. So that means higher prices for consumers. That means you know, smaller paychecks for employees, fewer benefits for employees. And uh, that means, you know, fewer returns if you're an investor in a particular enterprise, all of which has terrible reverberations through the economy, which, again, is trying its darndest to get back up on its feet post-pandemic. Yeah, um, I'm reading a piece here from USA Today about your rally, and it, it's, uh, it quotes a, um, uh, a person, a history professor at the University of Pittsburgh who studies citizen activism, according to this uh, piece in USA Today. I think it ran uh, maybe yesterday. Um, it says, in addition, uh, Donald Trump moved the GOP to the left on spending, lessening the appeal of the traditional fiscal conservative view that equates small government with economic freedom, said Lara Putnam, a history professor at the University of Pittsburgh who studies citizen activism. Donald Trump's sweet spot as a persuasive politician was not about a small, non-interventionist government, she said. you agree with that? Well, you know, I can't speak for Donald Trump or what his particular perspective is. You know, when it comes to fiscal policy, I'll let him make his own decisions and his own remarks. Yeah. But I will say that I will say that there is some truth to the fact that, you know, fiscal responsibility has seemingly gone out the window, both on the right and the left over the last few decades. And that's unfortunate. Um, you know, Americans for Prosperity, we still stand by our principles, our principles of fiscal responsibility, limited government, returning powers to states and localities. Those are unchanging. And, and that's really what's been guiding our infrastructure approach, our approach to any number of policies that we work on and work to advance. Um, but particularly with this proposal, it's just a perfect example of moving in the wrong direction away from responsible government and, and by which I mean limited and small government and, and one that needs to get out of the way and move uh, as far away as possible from the kind of distortive policies that we're seeing in, in a proposal like the White House's. Um, and we're talking to Michael Lambert. He is uh, federal policy director at Americans for Prosperity. Um, organizations like yours that try to fight against government spending, they always run up against uh, free stuff for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, wait a minute, what do you, well, come on, I, I want that free stuff. I, I, want my, I want my kid's college loan to be paid off. And they're calling that infrastructure too, I think. But that, that, sure, that's, a, sure. that's not, a, not a new fight, is it? It's, just, it's been going on forever. Right. So unfortunately, we've seen this sort of augmentation, this augmenting of the word infrastructure over the last few political generations to mean any and other, you know, any and all things uh, that you can shoehorn into a bill like this. Um, Just for example, I mean, you know, this bill will cost four trillion dollars, which I think I said at the top of the call. But only five percent of that number is actually going to be spent on actual roads and bridges. So real infrastructure. So that means in this proposal for every dollar that federal taxpayers are allowing the federal government to use on behalf of, quote unquote, infrastructure, they're actually only going to be receiving a nickel's worth in roads and bridges. I mean, just think about that disparity there. And the rest of the 95 percent is all manner of stuff. We're talking a $400 billion Medicaid expansion. We're talking nearly $200 billion for electric vehicle subsidies. We're talking $100 billion for rural broadband. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe these things are nice to have. Maybe they're worthy of debate. Maybe there's even an argument to be made that the federal government has a role in some of these enterprises. But if that's the case, they need to be debated and considered individually and be voted on, not shoehorned into massive proposals like this and presented as a false choice to the American people. What they're basically saying is you can have all of these other nice sounding things, too, uh, if you give us what we need on this infrastructure stuff, in addition to all of these tax increases. Like I said, it's a false choice, and the American people should reject it completely. Yeah, and um, if if most most cities, or if not all major cities, are run by Democrats, um, you would think, I guess, I mean, if I was a mayor, I think and we have an election going on here for mayor, primary, which is actually the election. Whoever gets the nomination is going to be the mayor. Um you would think that there would be more mayors. Uh, maybe I don't know if you can, if there's such a thing as a moderate Democratic mayor of any city, but who would say, "Wait a minute, you know, we really do." I got a lot of broken down bridges and bad roads here. How about fixing those? If you're going to call it an infrastructure, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't it their job also to hold the federal government to to do what they say they're going to do and not 
fake everybody out? Sure. So I think that kind of gets at the heart of some bad assumptions that are made around federal infrastructure and infrastructure generally. The federal government actually only owns 3% of all non-defense infrastructure in this country. The rest is owned by states and localities and the private sector. So the vast majority of roads and bridges in this country are, you know, the federal government ultimately has no say in. And that's frankly the way it should be. Um, but you would never know that given the, the, the magnitude of spending spent again on quote unquote infrastructure. Um, but I think another point you brought up is, well, you hear mayors, you hear governors talk about like, well, bridges in my town are terrible. You know, this road yeah. over there that I drive on is just it's got potholes everywhere. Who's going to fix this? Yeah, I'm not arguing that infrastructure in the United States is perfect. Of course, there's room for improvement and there always will be. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the federal government's job to step in. States, localities, in partnership with private enterprise, are much better positioned to make those calls than the federal government. You hear um, the White House and, his, and, the, and their allies say this talking point a lot, how the United States ranks 13th in the world on infrastructure. Well, that's based on a survey that came out of the World Economic Forum of basically foreign CEOs and business executives from around the world, and basically just went country to country and asked them, well, what do you think about roads in your country? And, you know, nothing against CEOs. I'm sure they're very smart people, but is it really wise to be, you know, dictating public policy in the United States based on the perception of roads and bridges and highways in other countries? I don't think so. Um, but even if you assume that we are 13th in the world on infrastructure, which we're not, by the way, um, even if you assume that that's the case, all of the other nations ahead of us on that ranking, they've embraced privatization and a host of other reforms that the United States has traditionally rejected all of which would help lower the cost of infrastructure and make it more efficient. So there are solutions out there. It's just Congress needs to have the guts and the chutzpah to actually pursue them. I got a feeling that uh, if you're doing infrastructure in China, for example, or in North Korea, <laughs> I don't know what their numbers are compared to here, but the labor is probably a little cheaper uh, <laughs> for the government. It probably doesn't cost quite as much to, to hire somebody to, to dig the ditches. That's, that's probably true for a variety of, of terrible reasons. But, you know, labor is, is one reason in this country, in the United States, why infrastructure is so ineffective and, 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 and costly. There are so many rules and requirements around labor, around, uh, you know, permitting, around environmental review processes. A lot of red tape goes into infrastructure that slows it down, makes it less efficient, and, and drives costs up like you wouldn't believe. And so Americans for Prosperity, you know, instead of, Instead of advising Congress to just throw more money at the problem, which they often seem want to do, our position is stop wasting money you already have, you know, unleashing private investment in infrastructure assets, returning power and responsibility to the states, like we mentioned, overhauling the regulatory and permitting system to improve, you know, outcomes, and then eliminating all of those costly and, frankly, unfair labor restrictions. And that sounds like a tall order, perhaps, but it's really not when you're looking at, again, when you're looking on the barrel of a $4 trillion bill. Um, we've seen this time and again. They, they, the federal government will pump billions, trillions of dollars into programs, um, and, and, and the, the, the outcomes are nowhere near what were anticipated. And it's, it's a huge tragedy, but one that is easily avoided. Yeah, um, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, the Republicans, they, they tried to do this with Obamacare. Uh, they, they rallied against Obamacare, which is a different issue, but it was, it was a massive undertaking in a, a huge government program, uh, but it, it didn't stop Obamacare, but it, it kind of got people fired up for 2010, uh, mm -hmm. and the Republicans took the House, right? Is that is that the plan here? Well, I'll tell you, you know, we Americans for Prosperity, um, you know, launched a, a, a comparable in terms of size campaign, you know, 10 or 11 years ago in response to Obamacare. And I think this campaign, our Stop the Spending Spree campaign that we talked about, is, is a testament to how serious we're taking this problem uh, with this new infrastructure bill. But as serious as we are taking it, we wouldn't launch a campaign like this if we didn't think there was a chance of stopping it. And that's why we need the support of activists across the country and people who want to get involved and tell Washington no. All they have to do is go to StopTheSpendingSpree.com and they'll find all the information they need about why the path we're being taken down is incorrect and how to get in touch with the legislators about positive solutions that can actually provide better and more efficient infrastructure for everyone. Uh, there's a group out there called uh, Building Back Together, um, and it's, it's a, they, they like Joe Biden, 
They've been mm-hmm. uh, airing ads uh, in Pennsylvania already, Wisconsin, Georgia, and it's they're calling it Biden's blue collar blueprint to build America. How do you how do you uh, counter that? You're a bad well, person the, the, if you the, don't want that, right? Right, right. Well, of course, we all want good paying jobs. We all want good infrastructure. We all want really nice sounding things. It comes back to my original point. What is the actual role and responsibility of the federal government? Is it to be providing everyone with good paying jobs? Because I can tell you right now, when the Biden White House talks about good paying jobs, what he means are union jobs. And that's not in and of itself a bad thing, but is it really fair for the federal government to have its thumb on the scale for one segment of the population, of the working population over another one? Because those, those, those trade-offs do come at the expense of other taxpayers and other elements of the economy. Um, but that is so often overlooked to, um, try to pay a political price. Um, for a certain constituency that already has a vested interest in the outcome. And again, that's exactly what what the problem is with this massive bill. It's a false choice that presents a sort of political narrative um, that most of the American public, the more they become familiar with it, I think would be completely uh, willing to reject it. Uh, I've got about a minute and a half left here, uh, Michael. And and, uh, we're talking to Michael Lambert, Federal Policy Director at Americans for Prosperity. Uh, who are your tar- who are the targets? Who are the main targets? Uh, uh, I mean specifically, are there names that people recognize that from you know around the country or in in federal government that people would recognize that need to be? Uh, and I'm saying target as far as maybe being able to unelect them. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I'm not sure I can uh, talk at any length about who we're targeting in terms of election stuff, but I can tell you who we're anxious to discuss this about with. Um, and, you know, those are your, your kind of classic moderate Democrats who are otherwise horrified, at least on paper, by the sort of massive tax increases and massive spending that we've seen in the last few months. So these are your mansions. These are your cinemas. These are your people who might be Democrats, but, you know, are otherwise living in communities that I think would understand the nefarious and deleterious effects of a bill like this better than your more progressive Democrats. Um, and like I said, you know, AFP is very proud to stand with anybody who's willing to be uh, in favor of the right solutions and the right positive policy reforms. Um, so if that means, you know, even the Elizabeth Warrens of the world decide that, you know, our, our approach is, is the most effective one, then we'll invite anybody. But in terms of who we're really looking at, it's it's those kind of moderate Dems who have expressed in the past based on their voting record and otherwise that they are they are highly concerned about uh, what's being proposed both on the tax side of things on the spending side of things. And uh, Democrats are saying that the, the polls support them, that people love these ideas. I, I well, um, yeah, 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 I mean, I again, everybody likes the idea of infrastructure because they're equating it with roads and bridges when, you know, we all like that. That sounds great. Um, but it's this kind of smoke and mirrors because they're they're shoehorning in all of these other sort of social programs. And again, tax increases. We're talking ten, we're talking permanent tax increases for temporary programs, by the way. Um, and these tax increases won't even pay for the entire infrastructure bill that's being proposed. That's not being told to the American public. All they are being asked is, do you like good roads and bridges? Would you want more of that? Of course, who's going to deny that? Who's going to say no to that? So I think when people say people are supporting this idea, it's it's assuming that they have a full understanding. And that's exactly why Americans for Prosperity is so willing to take the details to the American people and let them know exactly what's going on. Real quick, I'm out of time, Michael. How do people find uh, your organization and uh, find out what's going on with the uh, with the program? Absolutely. StopTheSpendingSpree.com. We're happy to have anyone. StopTheSpendingSpree.com. That's pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Not hard to figure that one out. Michael, <laughs> good luck with it. You come to Pittsburgh or you have somebody coming to Pittsburgh, let us know. We'll get you on the radio. Thanks. We'll let you know. Thanks, John. Okay, that's Michael Lambert, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow Foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure 
pressure points provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Steigerwald. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new My Slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Remember, use that promo code STAG. It seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes, those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800,000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With families staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your Legacy Box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. And for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Yeah, I was uh, hesitant to tell you this story, but I have to. A company by the name of Stitch Bug Studio is making a product called Bitty Bug Soft Packer. The Bitty Bug Soft Packer is a custom prosthetic packer, essentially a crocheted penis for little girls to wear in their diapers or underwear. I'm not kidding. On their website, they demonstrate the Bitty Bug being used on a plush teddy bear with children's underwear. Uh, and they come in a variety of sizes, but uh, this is what you're dealing with now with the transgender movement. Uh, they, the Stitch Bug put out a note to their customers that says, This product is not for infants or very young children. There's been some confusion for those who are not aware of what some trans youths go through and how prosthetics can help their experience. Thank you to the parents out there who support your trans youngsters, and we are honored to be a small part of their process. So basically what they're saying is thank you to you parents who are guilty of blatant and stupid child abuse that's what's going on here we cannot let this become uh, this is uh, 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 this is this is a normal thing now you're sub- if you think there's if you think there's something wrong with this there are lots of people out there who think there's something wrong with you this is how sick things have gotten i'll talk to you tomorrow bye John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.